Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. And we are actually going to conclude our corporate updates for the week with none other than Jason Kosek, CEO of Millennial Precious Metals. They are a sponsor of the pod. They trade on the TSX Venture with MPM and on the OTCQB with MLPMF. Uh, Jason, uh, it's been a little bit since you and I have last chatted here for a general update. Uh, But the news releases have uh, been pretty thorough here uh, through uh, November and uh, hopefully maybe expect some more here (laughs) before the end of the year. Uh, You've got exploration results that have been announced, plus you have a a real interesting new shareholder coming into Millennial as well. So let's table the shareholder first and really talk about the continued work uh, going on at the Wildcat Project there in Nevada. Uh, Two news releases, uh, you've expanded oxidized mineralization. You've made a couple in very interesting discoveries, all with that plan to de-risk Wildcat as you move forward into uh, hopefully a big exploration program in 2023. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on again, Trevor. Much appreciated. And thanks for your listeners for uh, joining. And, you know, yeah, like we said, is, is 2022 is, it was a great year and super successful from a de-risking perspective. And, you know, as we've talked about it before, as much as we're in the in, uh, business of, of adding ounces, we're also in the business of risk mitigation. Uh, and what we really wanted to use 2022 for was really to tee up uh, 2023 and removing those key risks that we did and really show where this project is going. And, you know, for example, you know, as, as, as most of your listeners may or may not know, we were operating on a notice of operations. So that gives you five acres of disturbance. Wildcat is 17,000 acres. There's multiple other targets on the property that we released the surface samples uh, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. In 64% of the samples were above 0.2 grams. So our cutoff is 0.14. So super significant r- results showing the scalability of this thing. Um, and, you know, just the mineralized footprint around the pit, the existing footprint was one and a half by one and a half kilometers. Now the mineralized footprint from these surface samples is three by two. And, you know, the beauty about this is, is the ore body actually outcrops. So, you know, next year when we get the exploration plan, it's as easy as put the drill, put the drill on there and whale away at it. Um, and now that we know what the conversion rate is, now we know what the med is. Now we know what the geotech is, um, you know, as my old uh, mentor and boss, Sean Rusin would like to say is now you go into the SUDS program, which is just shut up and drill stupid uh, because we, we figured out and removed a lot of, uh, a lot of the risks. So uh, it, it's set us up really, really well for, for, for the 2023 program. And, and I think we're going to get a nice gold tape on our back and, uh, you know, now we have cash in the bank. It'll 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 be very very accretive for for people that are are supporting it uh, here. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's safe to say we've got the winds to our back in the gold market. Maybe the, the a gentle breeze feels maybe that's what we should say for the time being. However, but let's talk about where you have been able to drill and put these assay results out. Uh, you've been kind of you mentioned you've been kind of constrained that five acres around that wildcat uh, uh, the pit, but you have been able to expand that mineralization. Uh, so walk us through kind of what the news was in November uh, regarding that mineralized expansion. Where were you finding yeah, more so, 
you know, the funny thing is, is it's a good thing. It's, it's a, a great thing uh, that every time we go to drill the geotech hole for the pit wall and we take these step outs to drill basically the high wall, you know, we step out 150 meters outside the pit and, you know, we're 55 meters of 0.4, 30 meters of 0.3. Again, our, our the average grade of the deposit is 0.42. Uh, and the oxidation profile is, you know, 50 meters, some places 70 meters deeper than, than expected. So, you know, we're going to have to drill more geotech holes to redesign the, 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 the pit, um, uh, next year for, you know, the following resource, uh, after this big drill program. But, you know, it's really nice to see every time you step out, um, to do the geotech holes, you're, you're still in mineralization. So, uh, the expansion to this thing is, is, is really significant and, and it's never been, been, been touched out there. So even with the operating under this five acre permit, uh, we've been quite successful in, 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 in adding ounces just proximal to, to the, to the pet. Uh, you know, when you, how do you, with the plan, when the plan of operations is published and you're able to expand here, I'm just kind of curious the the strategy with you and management to kind of balance exploration with some of these, you know, technical drilling technical drills you have to do with the geotechnical stuff. You know, how do you go out and how are you going to balance all this? Because right now you're, you're confined into a such space. It makes it a little bit easier for that balancing. But when things really open up and you really are going to hit it hard, I mean, what gets the most priority through all this? I mean, I mean, I guess the question is how, how long do you continue to uh, technically de-risk the wildcat pit here? So what we'll do, uh, and it's a really good question, Trevor. So, what you need to do is is you have to run, you know, people forget that, you know, the engineering and the permits create significant value, okay? Uh, and on a PNAV consensus basis, okay, the average acquisition cost for Nevada oxide ounces is 0.87 NAV. We're trading at 0.1, okay? Mm-hmm. So while you're doing your exploration what this program was designed this year was to do the met and to do the geotech and that technical work in that the updated resource next year that and that pea all that work will go for the for the mining plan of operations the only thing that next year we'll have to do is maybe a few more met holes in the pit from a from a de-risking perspective and then that resource and, and, and all that engineering will be submitted to the BLM for, for, for NEPA approval by the end of next year or early in 2024. So what we're running is, is that now that all the, most of the engineering is done for the phase one, okay, mm-hmm. and get that into a permitting pipeline. And while it's in the permitting pipeline with NEPA, you're showing how big this resource is going to get. And, and why we do it like that at, at Millennial is uh, to avoid, you know, everyone talks about the Lausanne curve and, and, and the valley of death and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's great. And, and I, I totally understand it. But as a management team, how do we avoid that? You know, because that hurts those years. 
So how we avoid it is, is, is doing the engineering, getting the permit submitted, and while the permit is, is ongoing, show how big this is going to be. And you only permit the, the first phase. And then you amend it in sh for, the, for, the, for the bigger project. Um, but remember, time to cash flow and time in general kills junior companies. So it, yes, it's a balancing act, um, but most of the engineering work um, for that mine plan is, 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 is done. So next year we can really you know, focus on you know, really resource growth. Yeah. You have to get that plan of operations. So are you a little bit uh, at all discouraged with the timeline to get this? I mean, what has been the hold up or maybe shareholders you know, asking you anymore? No, you know, honestly, Trevor, it's it's just doing the work, right? It, okay. it takes time to do flora, fauna, uh, the, you know, birds and uh, all that, all the environmental stuff, which is very important um, in, in, in the cultural stuff. It, it just takes time. And, and um, you know, there's not a lot of consulting firms th that can do such a big plan of operations. Like, you know, when we did it, um, well, it cost more money, but, you know, we did basically the entire property. And why we did that is basically, okay, it's, yes, it's an upfront cost, um, but that allows us to go drill out whatever we want and also allows us to build the baseline work for the mine plan. So what Liberty did, um, you know, it, it, it's a strategy. They just did a small plan and then every other year they're amending it. So every other year you're doing more baseline, more baseline, more baseline and growing and growing, but it takes another, every time you want to amend a permit, you know, in Nevada, it's about six months. In uh, uh, Idaho, it took them 15 months. So every time you want to amend, you know, you're a year, year and a half. So what we opted to do is, okay, well, yeah, we'll take the hit up front, do the entire thing and, and move forward. So, you know, I, I think the BLM was, was very happy with us that we took that approach to go above and beyond. And, and that's what we try and do with, with everything, with, with the communities that we operate in and, 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 and from an ESG perspective, is it go above and beyond? And I think the BLM really liked that. Um, you know, we have meetings with them every week, so they're, they're, they're really up to speed on, on, on what we're doing and, and like our, our, our approach to that. So, I'm not, you know, permitting is always a risk. That's just the reality of this thing. But I, here in Nevada, I'm not too concerned about it. Curious, have you been attending the AEMA meeting this week? Yeah, I was actually on a. I gave a discussion yesterday on growth companies in the basin, um, wow. and then sat on a panel with uh, myself, um, your buddy Josh at Integra, Tim Art uh, from Integra, and uh, Matt from uh, I80. So cool. I, you know, I. For a lot of people listening and not familiar with the American Exploration Mining Association meeting, it's not one of those big conferences that investors typically go to. But you get a lot of this like nitty gritty boots on the ground type of discussion along with policy uh, permitting, you know, the legal type of stuff that people can get can get lost in the weeds on, but obviously very important. 
uh, you know, just generally, what kind of conversations regarding the permitting process or the, you know, the bureaucracy behind uh, mining and exploration, where do the improvements need to be? Speaking of, you know, the jurisdiction you're in in Nevada, I mean, are you having some of those conversations there in Reno at this point? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, people always like squawking about permitting. That's just, sure, sure. That's <laughs> just part of our business. Right? Right. But, you know, the reality is, is that the government tries their best to, 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 to help us out. And, and you know, you got to give them some slack because their offices aren't that big. And I think that really the problem is, is, is funding for these, for these BLM offices. Um, and our permitting guy is now on the governor's advisory council for permitting in Nevada. Mm. And one of the things he was asking me and, and we talked about is, is getting more funding into these local BLM offices and more companies sponsoring their local BLM office to hire more people. And I think it's more, of, of, of a people issue than it is o- an overall permitting issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the other thing is that it's, uh, as you know, you know, Nevada is a expensive place to operate and, and, you know, it's a big barrier to entry and, and, you know, whether that's the big mining companies kind of telling the juniors to bugger off or, or uh, I don't know what, what it is, but, um, you know, that, that, that's the only other thing is, is, you know, the cost to get these things done. Um, but like I said, I, you know, they're doing the best they can. Um, we can always do things better. Um, but I think really the, the, the biggest thing I see is, is just, um, women and manpower, uh, in the, in the offices. Okay. Interesting. It's good insight. Uh, I, I do want to follow up here and finish this conversation. You put out, uh, I, I don't know, it was kind of cryptic, Jason, but you put out a news release regarding a new shareholder. I mean, it was a really quick news release. Sounds like there was a massive 13 and a half million share block trade where you were able to fill that. So somebody's out, but a number of people are in. Uh, you know, can you kind of decrypt this for us and what can you share with the listeners? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll be quite frank. I, I can now. Uh, okay. Waterton did not want their name anywhere on this. And the reason why is that they own a lot of other companies out there um, and they need to get off those positions, right? Because uh, that fund is closing. So us as a management team wanted to be very proactive so that block did not hit the market. And... People kind of knew this, and, and it was viewed as an artificial overhang. Um, and what I could say, it was um, basically 40% institutions, um, one new institution, one existing institution, um, 40% high net worth guys, and 20% uh, 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 retail guys. Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it, was a, it was a busy couple of days for you. Yeah, you know, to be honest, like since we started this company in May of 2021, that 19.9%, we've been, you know, uh, chipping away at it every time there was a release date. But uh, it was uh, Christmas came early and I got a big elephant off my back. And uh, that's what I said is now it's the story is prepped to go. All the risk has been removed. We've shown the growth. We're showing where we're going to go. And that artificial overhang is is been removed. And, you know, we got a tight float, 25% retail. You got plenty of money in the bank to, you know, we're over just over eight and a half million. Um, so this thing will, can move quickly. 
Um, you know, for the listeners out there, one of the bankers at BMO told me that 62% of the, the venture companies are under $2 million cash. So when we get a market or a stronger win better back, we could say, uh, all these companies are going to go tap the equity market. Uh, so they're going to have a financing overhang. Uh, so I think it's really, you know, especially in December where you get a little pressure from tax loss selling season, looking for these companies that are primed to, to, for, for, for exponential growth that have cash in the treasury. Those are the ones that are going to move fast. So does this shake up the major shareholders of Millennial? I mean, does that add a new institution or? Yeah, it, add, it adds one new institution and another institution increase their, their, their position significantly. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, Jason, it's good. It's good to have you on here wrapping up the year. I mean, you know, it was like, I guess like Millennial summed up 2022 it felt like it was small but mighty you know you didn't have a whole lot of area to work but you got a lot done actually and i will never forget i know i've i've talked about this on the podcast you before i'll never forget in june v rick you showing up two or three hours late to the show i was like dude where have you been you're like i just raised 16 million bucks this morning i was like Holy shit! Can't believe it. That was when <laughs> so, no one raised. That was when no one raised money, and people thought it was crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was pretty much. But anyways, uh, I think it's obviously a testament to your fortitude and things you can accomplish, even when the when there's headwinds. So, looking forward to uh, uh, seeing more from you and Millennial in 2023. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Much appreciated. Thanks for your listeners for for joining. That's Jason Kosek, Millennial Precious Metals, again, trading on the TSX Venture with MPM and on the OTCQB with MLPMF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.